Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Glad to be with y'all today on this beautiful recovering Thursday after uh, some murky days the past couple days. Of course, the weather on Wednesday and just an overcast and kind of bled day yesterday. Now we have a beautiful, beautiful day outside, a perfect day to go and enjoy uh this just the this wonderful spring weather. 232-1542 if you want to call in and take part in the conversation a little bit later in the show. Have a lot of headlines to go through today. Let's start with the big one nationally. Yes, in a 53-47 vote, uh Judge Katanji Brown Jackson will be the 116th justice of the Supreme Court. This is of course entirely expected. Uh, I told you guys from the get-go, you were going to see this pass. Now, originally, I I said, you know, you could probably see this pass with no no real fight from the Republicans, but then something happened. People started digging in to her judicial history and found the stuff on her leniency on uh, child pornographers. And then the Republicans really looked at her stances on judicial activism, judicial restraint, creating new rights where there aren't any explicitly stated in the Constitution, and they they seized on those. And the Republicans put up a pretty good fight. Now, of course, it was not going to be a good enough fight to win this battle, but the Republicans stayed really unified in this, with the exception of Romney, Susan Collins, and Lisa Murkowski, the three that you would have expected I think the surprise might have been Bill Cassidy, but I already explained to you guys that Cassidy had to vote against her if he wants to run for governor, which he does next year. So uh, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson will take over the seat of Stephen Breyer come July. Now, that's important. A lot of people may not realize this. It's not an immediate vacancy. Breyer announced his resignation effective the end of this Supreme Court term, which ends at the end of June. So all of the cases currently before the Supreme Court, he just doesn't up and leave. He's going to stay and give his opinions and his guidance and everything on that, his, his logic behind these and his discussions with the rest of the justices of the Supreme Court. He'll go through that for the rest of this term, which includes the big Roe versus Wade debate and that case that's coming out. And then once that's over, then he'll step down, she'll take over, and that will be that. So that is the big national news of the moment. Other than like every elite in D.C. now saying they have COVID-19, which is very weird because, you know, like last week, Representative Madison Cawthorn said that the Washington elites were all sharing drugs and orgies with each other. And now all of a sudden, all the Washington elites are getting COVID. Maybe there was something to what he was saying after all. But I actually don't want to focus on the national stuff. I just wanted to give that that Ketanji Brown-Jackson headline before I moved in to this story, which I think is a story that impacts us a lot more. From the Daily Advertiser, written by, uh, written by Cokie Riley at the Advertiser. Phenomenal sports reporter, by the way. LHSAA to allow student-athletes to profit off name, image, and likeness. You heard that right. The NIL debate that came to the college stage not all that long ago is now suddenly out of nowhere on the high school stage here in Louisiana. I'm 
literally nobody was talking, nobody even considered, I don't think. Nobody was really talking about this name, image, and likeness thing for the high school level. And all of a sudden, uh, the the LHSA, Eddie Bonin, oh, Eddie Bonin and the rest have decided, okay, we're gonna have a, we're gonna release this position statement saying that yes, athletes can financially profit from their age, their name, image, and likeness. Uh, that came out of the LHSA executive committee meeting today. Very, very interesting and, and kind of concerning to me. Now, LHSAA is partnering with uh, the company Ecker, which will provide uh, educational resources. Uh, they will say, uh, the LHSAA is saying that uh, principals and athletic directors will be required to take Ecker's NIL courses. Coaches, student-athletes, and parents will also have access to the coaches. And so it will be an educational uh, move for schools around the state that, that members of the LHSAA will have to uh, take part in this program, which actually raises some more questions about who's funding all of this and all that. But, but more importantly, this is... Going, this is controversial to say the least. A lot of people aren't even aren't even sold on the idea of NIL for the college level, and here we are introducing that possibility at the high school level. Now, you're not going to get a whole lot of people at the high school level who can just you, you can make a ton of money off their name, image, and likeness. It just you, you don't have that many. Um, but let's say, uh, is Dorn Newman's Arch Manning the biggest name in, in Louisiana high school athletics this year? Uh, there's a potential there for an athlete like that. Somebody who stands out for all those reasons, being able to profit off their name that early in smaller communities where you may have one or two high schools and you have the big stellar athlete there, local businesses can that normally just throw their money behind these these schools in the smaller rural communities anyway. All of a sudden, that can go. That that can be something they profit off of. But that's going to raise some problems. I want to get into that a little bit in the next segment, 232-1542. If you want to be part of the show, we're going to go ahead and take a break here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in, you can also find me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, or you can email at Joe at RedState.com. The decision to allow students to, high school students, to profit off their name, image, and likeness is a controversial one. It will go down as I think one of the most controversial decisions uh, in LHSAA history right after the public-private split, split uh, from uh, just a little under a decade ago. I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, the, these huge and impactful and still controversial to this day decisions. The, the move here obscures, it muddles the mission of student athletics. And I think that is the biggest problem here. 
when we talk about athletes at the high school level, we're talking, we, we specifically refer to them as student athletes. They're not athletic students. They're not athlete students. They're student athletes because the education comes first. And yes, there are kids that you can just watch them play and you know that they are going to be stellar. I mean, years ago, when I actually first got, when I first moved to this area and I was covering, um, I was covering high school athletics in Vermilion Parish. Uh, there was a stellar freshman at Erath High, and the kid all but carried the team on his back for four years. That kid went on to play at UL and is now playing in the NFL. That would be Elijah Mitchell. And you can just tell when somebody is leading, when, when somebody is essentially carrying their team, when they're, when they're putting up hundreds of yards a game as a freshman, you know they're going to be stellar. You can look at a basketball player and you can just watch them play and you know that kid is going somewhere. But the odds of a high school student athlete going on to play at the college level is small. Smaller still are the college athletes who move from college, who go from college to the pros. It doesn't always translate over. It's a very, very quickly narrowing funnel. And only the few, only a few make it in. So at the high school level, more than even the college level, their job is to be a student. For a lot of them, they're too young to legally work. Their job is to get their education so they can go to college. And if they are athletic enough to get a scholarship to go and play at the college level while getting their education, hooray to them. There isn't a big market or there hasn't seemed to be a big market for name, image, and likeness at the high school level. So now we're going to kick open the doors and try to let there be one. It's going to, if, it, if, if this actually starts to explode, it's going to distract from the mission of student athletics, which is to give students an extracurricular, to help them develop skills, but also help them develop things like leadership skills, teamwork, stuff that's useful in the real world. And distracting the student from that by focusing on, hey, can I make money off of being a good athlete at the high school level seems to be way more of a distraction than anything else. I'm open to the idea that they can, they can turn a profit in college. They are legally adults at that point. For some of them, that is a good job and it does pay well. But at the high school level... That, to me, should not have been something that, at the very least, should not have been decided in executive committee. That should have been a proposal brought forward, and the schools decide on that. I would be very interested to know what principals across the state feel about that, particularly principals who are going to see Kids find ways to not to leave their schools and, and move maybe somewhere else where a school does have routinely high-performing athletes 
This is this could essentially be a backdoor to recruitment. It could be a problem. It has the potential to be a big problem. I'm very concerned with how distracting that is from the job of education at the high school level. The job of high school isn't to prepare kids to be college athletes. And when you're trying when you're giving kids the opportunity to get paid for their athletics, you are completely taken away from the mission of the school, which is to educate them and get them ready to be working adults. Every one of them has the potential to go out and be a successful hard-working adult. But not all of them have the potential to go out and be of uh, of you know, a famous athlete known for their skill and subsequently getting endorsements on that. It's a distraction. It does not help them. I have no idea where this is going to go, though. No clue. This is, this literally seems like it was sprung on all of us. We have no idea the path that this is going to take. I think it's the wrong path. Whatever is about to happen from this, I think, is the wrong path that we're going to take. 232-1542, if you want to call in, be part of the show. Moving on. And I've got a little bit of time to introduce this, and I'll probably say some more after the bottom of the hour news break. Let's jump back to the national stuff real quick. But I want to, I want to veer off the beaten path here. Yes, Kataji Jackson Brown, or I'm sorry, Kataji Brown Jackson is being confirmed to the Senate. Yes, we have the Ukraine stuff. Yes, we have the Biden administration stuff. Most of you listening, though, are proponents of the Second Amendment. And for good reason. A lot of us hunt. A lot of us believe in self-defense in our homes. But the Firearms Accountability Council Task Force, a group named FACT, is a coalition of lawyers that represents the interests of some of the largest gun control organizations in the country. You won't hear about this story unless you go to the reload.com, which is run by my friend uh, 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 Stephen Gutowski. Gutowski is one of the best firearms and Second Amendment reporters out there, and he started this site, and one of his reporters, Jake Fogelman, is reporting on this story. Fact is petitioning the Federal Trade Commission to crack down on gun advertisements, specifically ones that promote home defense. In other words, this anti-gun and anti-Second Amendment group is petitioning the federal government to ban advertisements of guns that are being advertised so that you, uh, so, so gun companies can promote the idea of self-defense at home. The petition demands that the FTC ex- exercise its broad investigative and enforcement powers to investigate and regulate the gun industry's advertising practices, the petition reads. The FTC's inaction has allowed the gun industry to spend decades using unfair and deceptive advertising to sell deadly weapons to the American public that has been falsely led to believe that gun ownership is a safe way to protect their home and family. I'm sorry. Are guns not a way for you to protect your home? They seem to be to me. 
232-1542. We're going to take the bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, more on this and other exciting topics here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Glad to be with y'all today. We are... Uh-oh. Sorry. Um, we... Going back to what I was talking about before the break. The Reload.com. Uh, it's run by my buddy Stephen Katowski, uh, formerly the Washington Free Beacon. He's probably the best Second Amendment and gun right and, and, and firearms reporter out there. Um, his site is running this story. So a group uh, led by a, a group allied with Gabby Giffords, the, the former Arizona congresswoman uh, who has been a very, very extensively in the in the gun control movement. Um, that group is asking the FTC to investigate gun companies that advertise about their guns being great for home defense, home safety. This petition demands, I read this before the break, but in case you missed it, the petition demands that the FTC exercise its broad investigative and enforcement powers to investigate and regulate the gun industry's advertising practices. The FTC's inaction has allowed the gun industry to spend decades using unfair and deceptive advertising to sell deadly weapons to an American public that has been falsely led to believe that gun ownership is a safe way to protect their home and family. For too long, the gun industry has relied on a false message to sell its products. This is uh, according to the coalition's website. Uh, That buying a gun will make you and your family safer. Extensive empirical research shows that the opposite is true for most people bringing a gun into the home makes everyone in in the home less safe. That is what they are pitching. They want to use the Biden administration to go after gun manufacturers. Now, why are they doing this right now? I've mentioned to you before that a lot of progressives are now at the point where they think that Congress is a wash. We can't get anything done there. So the Biden administration should use its executive powers to make more pushes into progressive policy, to be able to enforce a lot of these things. And one of these things is the use of federal agencies to go after conservatives, groups they don't like. And they are really big on going after gun manufacturers. The Biden administration has talked a lot about guns, particularly leading up to the election in 2020, but has so far been relatively quiet on efforts to curtail gun ownership. They've made some moves against gun owners and tried to enforce regulations on manufacturing and ownership, but they have so far not really gone after gun manufacturers and their advertising practices. They want to try to curtail people's access to, or the, the gun manufacturer's access to its, uh, its potential clients by taking away their ability to advertise. And they want to do so through an executive order. They want the executive branch to take care of it. They want the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, to go after manufacturers and investigate them. 
rather than letting people, again, decide for themselves. They have decided gun companies, gun manufacturers shouldn't advertise to you. That they should not be able to say that guns can help keep you safe. Although we have a lot of empirical evidence that shows that, yes, people can use guns to keep themselves and their family safe. If somebody knows there's a gun in your home, they're not going to come and break into your house. If they know that you carry a weapon on you, they're not going to try to mug you or rob you. But, as is often the case, the truth doesn't really matter in these activist pushes. This group, FACT, wants the government to work under the assumption that guns actually make you less safe if they are in your home, and therefore it's false advertising for gun companies to say they can keep you safe and to go after the gun manufacturers and prevent them from advertising from here on out. Anything they can do to try to cut off gun manufacturers from the people who buy guns and try to reduce gun sales in the country because they have not won on gun control. They have not won on gun regulation. They have not been able to keep guns out of our hands. So they're going to try to stop the business aspect of gun ownership on the manufacturing side. They want to hurt the gun companies by taking away their ability to advertise to people like you or me. They simply cannot come to grips with the fact that they are not winning on these issues. Gun ownership is popular in America. And in particular, it becomes really popular when Democratic administrations screw up and make situations less safe. Gun ownership is on the rise because there's been a crime wave in the country since the Biden administration came into office. Because the Democrats touted defund the police, because Democratic-led prosecutor offices, uh, uh, district attorneys and prosecution offices have dropped charges against those that would commit violent acts, there is a crime wave across the country, and criminals feel more emboldened to do all sorts of bad things. And so a lot of people are going out and buying guns. And that infuriates the left. They are again losing on a social issue. And because they cannot win on that issue congressionally, they're trying to use the executive branch to do it solo. And in this case, they want to use the Federal Trade Commission to do it. And here's the thing. It's not a Second Amendment violation to stop somebody from advertising. That's how they're trying to do the end run around this. It's not a Second Amendment violation to say, hey, you're misleading in your ads. Stop putting them out there. It's not. But it is a way to separate you from the manufacturers, from the people who are selling those guns. And that's how they're going to try to get people to stop buying guns. But as far as guns are concerned, the cat's already out of the bag. People are going to continue to buy them because they feel they need to be safer because there has been a rise in crime across the country. The National Shooting Sports Foundation is firing back on this effort. Gun control elements are attempting to influence the Biden administration to abuse the authority of the FTC, not to just infringe on the Second Amendment rights of Americans, but also their First Amendment rights. 
It should be stunning to Americans that gun control groups aren't satisfied with eliminating one constitutionally protected right that they are now targeting another. They go on to further say that this is hardly new. This is an idea that was floated by former Attorney General uh, Eric Holder back in 1995 when he said gun control elements in this country needed to brainwash people to stigmatize lawful firearm ownership. It's a play from the same playbook. The Democrats are going to attempt to do everything they can to subvert your Second Amendment right to owning a gun. And they're going to do so by attacking the advertising capability of gun manufacturers. It's really kind of astounding. It's really astounding that they're going to push for this right now, knowing full well that they are losing on a host of social issues, and gun ownership is one of them. Particularly right now, when one of the highest demographic rates of growth in gun ownership is in the black community. More black families are buying guns because they don't feel safe in their homes. Black gun ownership across the country is going up. And to try to take away guns at a time, try to make it more difficult to buy guns, to have access to them in any way, at a time when there is a growth in crime across the country, is foolish. But they've stopped trying to be rational actors when it comes to the political stage. The left is going full progressive, trying to get everything they can, they can done via executive action because they can't get anything done in Congress except for confirming Ketanji Brown-Jackson. So they're going to try everything they can to subvert the Constitution any way they can. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the program. When we come back here in Louisiana, a district attorney is seeking indictments against state police in the death of Ronald Green. We'll have all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Glad to be with y'all on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. So before I go any further, I, I do want to mention that uh, we've talked about it all day. You've, you've heard uh, anywhere from the ads to Ian talking about it this morning. Um, today, we did tee off on the Masters, which is the, the best the best golfing experience out there. I'm, I'm not even a big golf fan. I'll, I'll play every so often. But, I, sorry, I, I texted a buddy of mine who writes and sends out recipes um, I said, it's a real shame you've been talking about the Masters a whole lot, yet you haven't sent out your pimento cheese recipe. Um, but yeah, so the Masters going on right now. Uh, Cameron Smith uh, and Scotty Scheffler are tied uh, at the top. Oh, and uh, looks like Dustin Johnson all at four under right now. Tiger Woods, uh, who has come back to the circuit for this one, is uh, ended his first round one under. So that's the lay of the land there. But I mentioned, you know, the, the pimento cheese thing. Do y'all out there like pimento cheese? Because it's one it's one of like the 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 master's traditions is the is the pimento cheese sandwich. Um you can go online and you can uh find different pimento cheese recipes. So uh if you go to golf.com, for example, they say how to make your masters uh your Augusta National 
famous pimento cheese sandwich. White cheddar, uh, sharp, yellow sharp cheddar. Uh, they have blue cheese, Parmesan, uh, pimentos, mayo, Dijon. Uh, I've seen recipes that include cream cheese, some with mayonnaise, sour cream, whatever to add that creamy element to it. But then there's Barstool Sports. And Barstool Sports had uh, has their, their recipe, how do you uh, make the perfect pimento cheese sandwich? You just add brisket to it, which is a pretty good point. So if you have a good pimento cheese recipe, by the way, please send it to me because I have not found uh, one that I, I've made a couple and I haven't found the one that I've, I've liked yet. All right, switching over, because this is, this is kind of a new development in the Ronald Green case. Third District Attorney John Belton said Thursday he will convene a special grand jury to seek indictments against state police troopers and possibly Union Parish Sheriff's deputies who he believed committed crimes in the violent fatal arrest of Ronald Green. This is uh, Greg Hilburn uh, in the USA Today Network. It's over on the advertiser's website. Green, who was black, was brutally beaten and died during a state police arrest in 2019 following a two-parish high-speed chase that ended in a car crash in Union Parish near Monroe. Again, going back, seeing the 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 footage from that uh, just brutal beating of Green, and seeing the way law enforcement handled the state police handled it and everything, um, it it certainly seems like convening a uh, a grand jury is the right move here. You have, of course, committees hearing this in Baton Rouge and and interviewing. Uh, Louisiana State Police on this, but something does need to be done. Whether or not you believe, you know, that state police are guilty of a major crime here or not, this is something that the justice system actually does have to go in and investigate it and look into because we need the answers on this. This is a, a very dark cloud hanging over the top law enforcement agency of the state. And if you cannot trust this top law enforcement agency of the state, then it really just goes back to what I was saying earlier. People don't feel safe right now. And that leads to more problems. When people don't trust law enforcement, it leads to more problems. So we have to get to the bottom of this. 232-1542. Uh, if you want to call in and be part of the conversation, uh, we've got Renee on the line. Renee, how are you today? I'm okay. I'm just distressed over the same stuff again and again. And uh, it's just that the woke, I dealing with gun control and everything in their perception, the woke left and culture is almost a fanatical, yeehawist, almost a sexually sadistic attitude where they leave people hanging out. They want people to be laying out, let hang out to dry or hurt. Uh, they always want to win in an argument, belittle, beat when they have elements to pu uh, to push for their agenda, like Antifa. They always want to beat the snot out of people. The problem being with the Republicans that leave that justice, uh, that woman be justice, and all the other crap in this country. Is, you know, when it's gonna be too late, when the woke, if they ever, for God forbid, the government. Coming after us like the Russians going after the Ukrainians. And at least the Ukrainians demonstrate what the hell 
firearms can do in the hands of the citizen. It's, it's not rocket science. It's there to actually fight the government when the government is out of hand and it hits critical mass. It's not nice to say, as well as a sedition, but when it hits critical mass and people decide we're not committing sedition, nobody going to jail, we're fighting these bastards. We can have them guns that are, are deterrent, like the Cold War and the nuclear bombs. It's a deterrent to the government to misbehave and totally treat their citizens like crap. Yeah. We should have to do like those Chinese and invent some kind of kung fu because we can't get our hands on well. Made there. They're legal. They've been legal for centuries. All right. Renee, thank you very much for the call, 232-1542. If you would like to call in and take part in the show. But yeah, that's the, it, it's this whole idea. That, see, they, the Democrats don't like the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights is a list of negative powers. The Bill of Rights tells the government what it cannot do. And it infuriates them because they think the government should be able to do everything. The Democrats do actually want government to limit your freedom of speech. If you don't say what they don't, if you don't say something or if you say something they don't like, they want to be able to silence you on that. They've been trying to do that to Fox News for years. Trying to do that to uh, Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire right now. I mean, they're just constantly on their case. You have uh, the gun rights issue. You have the, 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 the Bill of Rights says you, the government cannot abridge your right to own a gun. And yet they don't like that. They don't like the government being able to not, not being able to, to abridge that. So they want to get rid of, it. they want to undercut it as in any way they can. They do not like the bill of rights because it gives, it's a list of negative powers on the government. They do not like the government's power being limited. And that is the real shame here. That the system that is set up and works the way it does is not trusted by the very people who want to run that system, run the government. And with all of that said, is it any wonder why they're looking at a potential red tsunami, not just a red wave, but a red tsunami in November? It's not really that surprising. And that'll do it for today. Another 23 hours until we're back here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. As always, find me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And you can reach out Joe at RedState.com. Check out the podcast version of the show on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow.